What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show presented by Underdog Fantasy. I'm Dave Lochran at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D for those of you are listening in podcast form. Joined by Adam Scher at Ship My Money DFS, breaking down another three-game playoff slate. What's good, bro? How's it going? Getting uh getting in a routine i guess you know that three games of basketball every day it's been pretty nice uh, a lot of good games yesterday you and i were talking about before the show i didn't watch any feel like i missed out but um hopefully three more good games tonight sometimes you just need to disengage though right like you can't watch every single game it just it's not practical yeah for sure um especially i mean for me like when you get to this point in the year like at the end of the regular season i wasn't watching like anything i was just no but i mean like even with playoffs because you know how they televise almost all of them it's i'm assuming i think they televise all of them because they'll just throw something on nba tv if there's overlap even that it's like you can't can't do it all but yesterday was the past two days though man and we're going to get into all these games happy to have you guys with us um the last two days have been have shaken the foundation right now of the nba let me just give you a couple examples first off you had the devin booker injury and he's doubtful for games three and four the Pelicans stole a game in Phoenix. They go back to New Orleans. I don't think they win this series, but I, I do think the absence of Devin Booker is absolutely massive. He dropped 31 points in the first half of that game, uh, and then they came out, and, and in the second half, it was brutal. And then the Chris Middleton injury as well. They're calling it a minor MCL strain, but if he's out, Chicago's played them tight in back-to-back games, and not for a controversial call in game one. They could – I'm not saying they should be, but – they played it close, and they split the, the the two games in Milwaukee as well. Yeah, everything coming up aces so far for my uh, twenty-two to one Boston ticket. Ooh. Oh, and how about Kevin Durant shooting zero for ten in the second half? Yeah, back to back, pretty brutal games from Durant. Not what you expected to see. And it's sad because like this is the guy that you know I, I've rallied for Durant so often like hey if there's ever a guy i don't want to go up against in the playoffs it's the guy that when he shoots you don't know if it goes in because the net doesn't move <laughs> uh you know seriously like when he when he scores but he's had a couple tough games uh i think game three from kevin durant back home he's just gonna light it up I and mean, he's and unless he's playing with some you know undisclosed injury i think you're gonna get a big game from kd i honestly thought brooklyn would come into boston yesterday and win I thought they were going to get one of the games in Boston. Me too. And then I would be remiss to to neglect the fact that Joel Embiid literally hit the biggest shot of his career last night. Now, you yeah, saw it, right? Yeah, you didn't I, watch I, I the didn't game, but it, you but saw did, the I shot. What did you say? You, you didn't watch the game, but have you seen the shot? No. You haven't seen the shot? No. I, I didn't even watch highlights from basketball yesterday. Okay, just, just pull it up real quick. So you are you familiar how the game ended? I mean, I know Embiid hit a three. Just, just pull up Joel Embiid and, and, and watch. It's, it's a 15-second clip. I just want to get your reaction here. Now, at the end of regulation, Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers, everyone's giving Doc Rivers credit. He should get no credit for any of this. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, at the end of regulation, Doc Rivers has Joel Embiid handling the ball above the three-point line with his back to the basket, holding it for 15 seconds, for 15 seconds. And, and then it goes to overtime. And then on their, what would have been their final, what was their final possession again, he was at least smart enough to call a timeout with less than a second left on the shot clock. Joel Embiid again above the three-point line, holding onto the ball. They didn't try and post him up. They didn't try and get anything 
you know, in the paint or even close to the basket, not even a good mid-range look where, where Embiid slays. They've got him holding and dribbling the ball back to the basket, double team for 15 seconds in two situations that would have won the game. So, Adam, I tweet this. I said, what are we doing here? And then, of course, after the timeout, Joel Embiid hits the fadeaway three or the turnaround three with less than a second left. And I'm getting, I, I wanted to be Josh Ingham in here. And I'm like, all these people going on my previous, they're going, well, this aged well, as if there's not a difference between having less than a second on the shot clock when you have to inbound and getting a shot off from Embiid behind the three-point line and him dribbling it out behind the three-point line for 15 seconds when he's the most dominant back-to-the-basket guy in the post or even from a mid-range standpoint than there, that there is in the league right now. Yeah, and also just because he makes the shot, like if – like obviously, 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 you didn't have a lot of time on the clock there. But like, let's say you did have time and you draw up like a fadeaway three for Embiid. Just because he makes it doesn't mean it was a good play call. Exactly. But like I said, I I don't have any problem. It was basically whoever gets open for the inbound take the shot. You have less than a second. So Embiid taking it, I was perfectly fine with that. But to conflate that with having your best player and your best mid range guy, no less get that shot off when you had 24 seconds on the shot clock in two different situations. They're not even close to the same thing. Anyway, needed to get that out. You guys, you, you guys understand. I know all of you watching right now. You're like, you know, like, of course, that's ridiculous. But then you've got these people. Even Eric Linkwist tweeted me and said that aged well. But I think he was just <laughs> joking. Oh, Josh's comment. <laughs> He's, look at Josh's comment. That was not a compliment. I was saying I just wanted to go scorched earth and tell all of my followers they're dumb. But I mean, it's just not a it's not a productive it's not a productive way of life. That is funny though. All right. Anyway, we got the win. I am happy, Irish. I, I'm I'm very happy that we got the win. I'm, I'm just saying you gotta. You know how it is. You know how it is. We're always we're we're always pessimistic around here we're realists but doc rivers just isn't good yeah irish what i know the phillies suck dude but it's also like 13 games into the season it means nothing all right anyway three games today man hit that thumbs up if you guys haven't done so yeah we got about 150 watching out of the gate much appreciated we popped that up to at least 50 right here subscribe to the channel oh, oh whoa 75,900, almost at 76 there uh and uh hit that join now if you want to join Become part of the team, get the free super chats each month, the custom emojis, the super chats, the free. Well, I said that already. Oh, the sweet badges get iced up after a year. They change. They look cooler and cooler. Like ghetto farmer boy iced up right there. What's up, bro? And we'll always prioritize your questions and comments along with the discord chat. All right, Memphis, Minnesota. Let's dive into this one. The Grizzlies, you and I both talked about this. We expected a big, a, a nice bounce back last time they played. And that's exactly what we got. They routed Minnesota. What's up with the Carl Anthony Towns foul trouble over these last few games? Sean Dre is the only person on earth I think that think that thinks Doc Rivers is a good coach. He's he's not a good. I, I, I'm not necessarily sure what it is about Doc Rivers that makes him a good coach. Uh, can we can we just take a second to to maybe to maybe break this down? What, what is it that people see about Doc Rivers that, that makes them think he's a good coach? Other than the fact that when anyone asks him a question, he just deflects and turns it on them and makes the, makes the reporter who's doing their job seem like a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But just go back through, like, every playoff series Doc Rivers has ever coached in. 
how do you defend him being good? Dude, also look at the, it, you can be like, yeah, but he got, he's won this many playoff games. Has Doc Rivers ever coached a bad roster? Right. Like somebody said his ring. Yeah. Uh, that Celtics team was kind of decent with or without him. Right. But I figured that's what I'm saying. People would go to the Boston team. Was there anything Doc Rivers did? I can tell you right now that like in 19, when the Raptors won, Nick Nurse had a lot to do with them winning a championship. There are a lot of coaches. Ty Lue had a lot to do with the Suns being as good as they have been. Uh, I, I think Chris Finch was, has, he's got some good players, but a lot of young guys as well has done a lot with that team. There are some coaches out there that have made a lot out of not all that much. Now, I'm not saying Doc Rivers, before James Harden particularly, had a lot of help from the bench, but I can't think of a team that he's had that was just shit. Look at the Clippers, man. Blake Griffin in his prime. Uh, Chris Paul in his prime. Even DeAndre Jordan on that team was was a force to be reckoned with. Like in that, in, Remember, in that style of basketball, it was a lot different than it is now. Yeah. Uh, agreed. I mean, he, he should have gotten a lot oh, I meant Monty Williams. I'm sorry. Not Ty Lue of the Clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. He, I know. He should have Go gotten ahead. a lot more out of the Clippers. A blind, mute, deaf person could have coached the Celtics team to a championship. Like, it, it didn't. It, it's not Doc Rivers. No. Uh, and yeah, I misspoke there. I know. I know it's Monty Williams. Uh, Robert Williams, name a good coach who won with bad players. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Doc Rivers has consistently lost with good players. Right. There are so many times where he had a roster that could have gotten the, the Like, it doesn't even matter at this point. No one's, no one's lost, what, more three? No one's had three wins in the playoffs and lost more series with, with three wins in a series. Right. It is, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. I, it's not even like I dislike him. I just don't think he's a great coach. But to be fair, I thought Brett Brown was a, a pretty awful coach as well. Just his overall management of the game and rotations was was terrible too. Who, if if you could, if you started a team right now, and I'd like to hear this from all of you guys in chat as well. If you started a team right now, and you had to pick one guy to be a head coach that's currently a head coach in the National Basketball Association, who would it be? Um. Off the top of my head, I have absolutely no idea. I'll probably think of it in like 10 minutes. Okay. I'm sure you'll come up with something. Like, you remember if, if the Bucs lost that for the finals last year, Budenholzer was gone. I'll yeah, never B forget. Budenholzer is definitely not the answer. No, I'll never forget. I tweeted. Uh, it was an image or like a short. It might, I might have even turned it into a gif of him after getting uh, a win. I think it was against Brooklyn. I can't remember who it was against where he just mismanaged the game left and right. And the look on his face was of just utter relief, knowing that if they lost that game in that series, it, it was bad news for him. Yeah, dude, Spolstra's a great answer, Sag, and everybody else who said that. Eric Spolstra is a great, great answer. I, I think, you know what, that's probably my answer too. Yeah, like I, I think Mon the, the answers of Monty, Nurse, and Spolstra are probably the first ones that come to mind. Taylor Jenkins has certainly done a good job too, but you also haven't, um, the, like the one thing that, you, I want to hold out judgment on is like a lot of coaches. It really shows up in the postseason, like for sure how bad they can be. So you haven't really seen that with Jenkins yet. Exactly. Yeah. Even, yeah. Like the Steve Kerr conversation. Do you remember when, uh, do you remember when, when he left, what, what, what did he, what was it? What was his ail ailment or illness? But you remember he left for a while, right? Yeah. Was that, I think that was the, the record breaking season too. Yeah. I don't remember. 
And and, uh, and who took over that eventually coached the, the Lakers and the Kings? What's, what's his name? Walton. So Luke Walton was the interim guy while he was out, right? And or I don't know if you call it interim, but he was the, the coach while, while Steve Kerr was sidelined. Walton went on to get two head coaching jobs as a result. Walton was coaching a mega super team that year, and they just cruised to victory. It was a team that was so bored in the first half of games that they would just turn it on in the third quarter. Do you think Luke Walton was a good coach or was it just that the Warriors were so good that it didn't matter? Like you could have put me out there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like you had prime, like every great player that the Warriors have had. Memphis, Minnesota. Do we have updated ownership? We didn't last time I looked. Yeah, we did. Okay, cool. Uh, ownership projections free today over at awesome.com. If you want to follow along, check them out with us. The main slate ownerships are f- ownership projections are free all day. Same with MLB player projections and NHL top stacks. So we'll start with me. Uh, we'll start with the, the Memphis Grizzlies. What do you take away from the first two games that we've seen in this series? Obviously factoring in that they were up by 32 points in the second half of last game and not everyone got their full minutes. Um, so wait, what was the question? Saying, what do you take away in terms of the Grizzlies right now uh, after their first two games? Is there anything that stands out from a rotational standpoint? Are there, are there any guys that you think uh, are getting more opportunities than they should be? Or, or sorry, are, are better values now after what we've seen? Uh, Steven Adams playing two, uh, three minutes last game. Uh, like what, what do you, what are you, what are you seeing right now after two games for Memphis? Yeah. I mean, the big thing is the Steven Adams piece, like game one, you saw him play but you know play limited minutes Brandon Clark got more last game Adams played three minutes picked up two fouls never came back in Kyle Anderson started the second half Adams didn't play I assume he's just not playing today um which opens the door you know for a $4,300 Kyle Anderson if he does start uh he still only played 18 minutes Anderson played seven minutes to start the second half played a minute 37 in the uh fourth quarter but if that game was competitive i assume he was going to be in the closing lineup there um he subbed out you know around the same time as jackson bain and and morant did so um i do think 4300 anderson if he starts looks pretty good similarly if adams is not playing um brandon clark's minutes look a little bit better but he still only played 21 minutes last game after playing 27 in game one so there's no guarantee that he really gets a lot more playing time but he certainly could um xavier tillman ended up being in the rotation after Adams was removed from it as well. Not that you're necessarily looking to him as a fantasy option, but he is only $3,500. He played about 20 minutes last game, about five of it came in garbage time. If you get like, you know, 12 to 14 minutes from Tillman, he's probably not going to be somebody you really want, but at 3,500, you know, maybe he gets there. But I think Kylie Anderson is the really interesting piece if he does uh, remain in the starting lineup. You would certainly think so. What's their owner? Who's the... What's the ownership looking like right now? And I'm assuming John Moran's just entirely fine. What would you, do we even know what he left for last game? Who? John Moran left last game. Oh, yeah. Came... He got a uh, need in the like. Is that what it was? Quad. Yeah. Okay. But he's back. He's not on the injury report. So uh, assuming everything's good to go there. Who's your favorite option right now for Memphis? I think a lot of guys kind of look similar. I mean, Morant at 9,800 looks very good, but you have to keep in mind that this is a Jokic slate. So um, paying up paying up for Morant might be a little bit more difficult than it would have been like, say, yesterday. I think the $6,200 price tag on Bain and the $6,100 price tag on Brooks 
both look good. Neither guy played a lot last game, but you know, again, you lost uh, you you lost time at the end of the game. Thirty one and a half minutes from Bain, but he subbed out with five minutes to go. Um, Brooks Brooks played twenty five, twenty six minutes, but he didn't play that all in the fourth quarter. So from a mid range standpoint, I think Bain and Brooks look pretty good. And then again, I don't mind taking some shots on on Clark one way or the other, and Anderson as long as uh, he's starting. By the way, I'm not saying Steve Kerr is a bad coach at all by any stretch. I mean, he tapped into that potential with Draymond Green in his first year, too. Made a pretty big difference. But uh, Ch- Josh is in chat right now just doing his thing. Go, going back and forth. It never, never ends with him in the chat. I mean, it's just an interminable battle, and uh, I'm here for it. Let's talk about Minnesota on the other end. Towns is still reasonably priced. You have Jokic on this slate. Just if we're throwing out the high price guys, Doncic is questionable, but I don't think he plays. Like, do you think he plays? Yeah. You do? Yeah. I don't know, man. He was saying, I, uh, if there's any risk of re-aggravation, I'm not going to play and this and that. No, I hadn't seen that. Then maybe he doesn't. Yeah. I have him he, in right now. Okay. He said, if there's no risk to further injury, I'll be out there. So I, I guess, I guess you. I guess we can project them in right now, but I, I I do think it's a legit 50-50. I'm not confident that he definitely plays. Like I think this is a true game time decision, but maybe not. We'll see. Anyway, you have Jokic. We can assume Jok- uh, Doncic will be out there. John Morant, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Steph Curry. These are the guys that are like 8,900 and up today. Obviously, a big price disparity between Jokic and Towns, but. Uh, it is crazy. He, the dude's gotten in foul trouble in two of his last three games. One of them was a the play-in game. He fouled out, and then he had five fouls uh, early in the fourth last game. It's not something I'm particularly worried about, but do you want to go back to Towns again today after that disappointing performance? Yeah, still a cheap price tag at 9300 Um, the, the big takeaway from the foul trouble, I think, is just that, you know, it's a reminder that with bigs, it's always a little bit riskier. You know, Towns, if he avoids foul trouble, you're likely getting 40 minutes or so from him, and he'll look fantastic at 9300 But bigs just foul at a higher rate in general. And so um, you do have a little bit more risk there than when you're talking about, like, a guard that you're expecting to play 40 minutes because they're just pretty much always going to get it. Uh, but at 9300 still plenty of upside for Towns. And you know he's going to play a ton of minutes as as long as he is able to avoid foul trouble. So uh, especially in lineups where, you know, maybe you can't get to Jokic because we know that value in the postseason is pretty hard to come by. And Jokic is almost $2,000 more expensive than Towns. Uh, he does look like a very strong center option. Isn't it, why are you on this Thursday show again? Talking to me? Yeah. Because they pay me to? It's usually Josh, right? Oh, I, I think everything switched up when baseball started, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I thought Josh requested off and was in chat right now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a, an NFL player saying he can't play and then sitting in the stands drinking beer. Right. <laughs> but okay, so baseball switched it up. I wasn't sure. I thought Josh and I did last Thursday. I guess not. What, with somebody like Edwards, who's still in that AK range, Beverly at 53. What a weird team because, like, Vanderbilt's now 3,500. Last game was, was a tough one to really gauge much of it. And Vanderbilt only played nine minutes for what it's worth. But I, I do think it helps to kind of look at what this rotation was. Uh, it was, it looks like a, it looks like a Tetris game, man. It, it's, it's kind of all over the place. And I think a lot of that is the result of the blowout. But, uh, 
Jaden McDaniels played 20 plus minutes again. Beasley played 22 off the bench and Jared Vanderbilt played nine minutes as a starter. He, he just, it looks like he's falling out of favor very quickly. Yeah. Back-to-back games now where McDaniels has played more than him. Uh, Torian Prince got the 17 minutes, but like six of that was garbage time. Um, my guess is that was going to be McDaniels, but I don't know. It could have been Beasley also. Um, so it's really difficult to rely on Vanderbilt when you've seen that rotation in each of the first two games. Um, he's 3,500. So, I mean, if he did get to even 24 minutes, he probably ends up being okay, but that's still a huge risk. So um, in in tournaments, if you end up with some uh, Vanderbilt just hoping for the best, I think that's okay. But I certainly wouldn't be confident in it. McDaniel's minutes seem a little bit safer, but he's not as good a point per minute guy as, as Vanderbilt. So, um, you know, kind of a risky play just for for the opposite reasons. I certainly wouldn't play those two together. Uh, Beasley's price tag came down a little bit to 4,400. If the game's competitive, I think Beasley is in the closing lineup a, a pretty high percentage of the time. He's not a great point per minute guy, but if he does get, say, 27, 28 minutes um, in a competitive game, he could certainly pay off 4,400. So I think all three of those guys are risky, and I probably don't want more than one of them together. But they are all cheap enough where, you know, if you are looking to get to Jokic, one of them could do enough to help get you there. Who are your top options for Minnesota? Towns, number one. And then I think Edwards, Russell, Beverly are all pretty much just relative to salary, like the same thing. As, okay. Like they, they look about the same as, as one another. Dallas and Utah. Dallas stole a game in Utah. And then the Luka Doncic hanging in the balance right now. When it, when it comes to Luka Doncic. So we'll get into that. First off, though, hit that thumbs up. Actually, well, do that too and subscribe to the channel. But check out Underdog Fantasy while you're at it because over at Underdog Fantasy, and you know, we we did so many shows on this. We did so many drafts for NFL last year. Uh, the NFL draft is coming up in, what, a week? So that's exciting. And we're going to have insane best ball contests, huge best ball contests over there. They already have some great NBA contests nightly. They have the player prop contest. Uh, Underdog does it right. Got to hand it to them, man. They do things right. Uh, they know how to make good best ball contests. And everything else around there that they're doing is solid. The app works flawlessly. And you could go on desktop, too, at underdogfantasy.com. But uh, like tonight, you have the 25K shoot around with 5K up top. Totally different format, but if you're doing research, if you're looking at videos and and articles and you're doing your own stuff, you can apply all of that to these drafts. You'll also get double your uh, deposit bonus. They'll double your deposit bonus or deposit, sorry, up to $100 if you use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. All you got to do is use the link in the description or the one that Jordan's going to put in the chat. Check it out. Awesome. uh, Underdogfantasy.com, sponsor of the strategy show. All right. Let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks. You have Luca in right now, right? Yeah. All right. And we also have him in. Are you worried about Luka Doncic if he's in and they say he isn't limited? Yeah, I mean, at least to some extent, because there's always the risk of, you know, it 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 being re-aggravated. He comes out early, he's rusty. Like there, there's a lot of there's a lot of risk there. And then on top of it, he's also got a difficult matchup against Utah. So um, assuming he plays, I still think, I mean, obviously you can play him in tournaments, assuming the ownership is going to be relatively low, but um, from a prioritization standpoint, it's really difficult. I think to put him ahead of guys like towns for 1300 less or Jokic for 600 more. 
I would agree with that. How many, how many minutes do we now give to guys? The, the problem is that you've seen price points come up a little bit on these players. Not, not a ton, but like you're not really getting the same value that you were on any of these guys anymore. If, if Luca plays like Brunson at AK coming off that 41 point game, I'm good. Uh, Dinwiddie at 7,300 with, with Luca who leads the team in essentially every relevant statistical category. And then pretty much everybody else probably loses some minutes as well, or just isn't nearly as effective. Yeah. I mean, if, if Luca's in, I think this team is close to impossible to play outside of Luca because Bronson, like you said, he's at 8K, Dinwiddie's at 7,300, and Luca just cuts into their production so much um, that it, it's very clearly an overpay. Um, in the 62 games that Bronson has played with Luca this year, he's averaged 0.89 DraftKings points per minute. Uh, in the 17 games without him, he's at 1.12. You see similar, you know, similar change for Dinwiddie, where he's obviously just a lot better without Luca because he gets more shots up. He's more involved as a playmaker. So the rising price tags, um, you know, if Luca is back, makes those guys pretty much unplayable. If Luca's in, you still certainly can play 8K Bronson, $7,300 Dinwiddie. Um, or sorry, if if Luca's out. Um, you certainly can play Brunson and Dinwiddie just because um, they, they are still such a heavy part of the offense without Luka. You know, they're obviously riskier as the price tags come up, but uh, still plenty of upside there if Luka is out. This is just a huge deal. Like, Luka's absence or availability is just going to be – it's going to – if we don't know until after 7.30 tip, what do you think ownership would look like? I'm not asking you for exact, right? but what do you think we would start getting on ownership on everybody else? Brunson, Dinwiddie, even some of these secondary options in Dallas, if Luca ends up sitting. But we don't know before the slate starts. But we don't know before the slate starts. I think it would be pretty low because right now I think everybody's projecting him in. So like if you get a situation where there's just like no news, I think you probably get low ownership on Luca and low ownership on the Dallas guys. Um, if it's a situation where it's like, uh, Luca you know, is, is trending towards doubtful, then I think you'll probably see sites just remove him from projections and you'll get more ownership going to Dinwiddie and Brunson. So it kind of depends on what the news throughout the day is, even if we don't get anything definitively. Um, I, I think that'll have a pretty big impact on ownership. If we truly just get, you know, Luca's a game time decision and there's no lean one way or the other, then I think that you'll still get some ownership on Brunson and Dinwiddie if Luca is ultimately ruled out because you know, people are, are going to late swap, but it certainly won't be as high as it would be if we got that news, you know, in an hour. Anyone else you want to touch on from Dallas? Um, I mean, Finney Smith and Bullock, kind of the same thing as Brunson and Dinwiddie. Their price tags have come up a little bit. Uh, if Luca is in, I don't really want to get there at all. If he's out, they look a little bit better just based on how many minutes they'd be likely to play. Um, Kleba's price tag came up to 4,600, kind of a similar thing with him. Um, but overall, I think this team is just really, really difficult to get to, particularly if Luca's in. If he's out, they look a little bit better. But, you know, still a 102 implied uh, implied total right now for Dallas. All right, let's talk about uh, the Utah Jazz here. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Bogdan, or Boyan Bogdanovich, sorry. And nothing bothers me more than listen. And we all get things wrong, right? Like we all you know, pronounce, th pronounce things wrong. But the... I listen to content. I might hear other content creators and it's like, yeah, I love Bojan today. And it takes me a second to realize who they're talking about, but then you always, it always clicks. Like, Oh, they're talking about Bogdanovich. You hear it all the time. Is one of those content creators, Greg. 
Does he call him Bojan? No, I, I don't think he calls him Bojan. He just messes up a lot of names. <laughs> I, I was giving him crap for it the other day. I think he says no. He calls him. He calls him Bojan. Yeah. Not not Boyan Bogdanovich. He calls him Bojan Bogdanovich, oh, okay. which is I like. Saying, no, I, I just know I was giving. Uh, I was making fun of Greg the other day because he had he he tweeted something about um, somebody's name being mispronounced or, or he like tweeted something about trying to be good about like finding ways to to. You're finding the right way to pronounce guys' names. I was like, dude, you've been calling Shea Gildas Alexander Shy Gildas Alexander all season <laughs> long. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. But Bojan is like, come on, Matt. That that's taking it a bit too far. There's some of them. Like even, you know, Ante de Kumpo. You could you could go a couple different variations of that, and it's still like I've heard him pronounce his own name where they ask him to pronounce it. And it's still a little bit different because he's got the accent. But uh, are there any names that you just have always gotten wrong? Uh, like, Archie Diakono. Uh, yeah, Matt Kajewski was Dion, uh, Diante Johnson. Mine was, uh, how was this? Oh, yeah. Kerryon Johnson. I would call him Kerryon Johnson. but Oh, uh, uh, Chetty Osman, I thought was CD for a while. But see, I get that. I get that. The thing is, basketball reference is usually quite good about about giving you pronunciations on names. That's all you got to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's do. also, I mean, you can just Google it, and there's, like, an entire pronunciation guide. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes, though, it doesn't come up, and, like, other times there will be, because I, I, I've Googled it with that, or you could, there's even, like, a YouTube video where it would, like, say it for you, you know? But, yeah, basketball reference, basketball reference does you well. All right, so... Let's talk about Utah today. We have three players on the Jazz getting 30-plus percent ownership right now. If you want to include Rudy Gobert, again, ownership's free today. That's four because he's at 29%. So, you know, four of their five starters are very popular, and I think a lot of that has to do with just the overall salary. Like Bogdanovich, 6K, Conley, 5,500 on DraftKings, Gobert, you know, mid-7K price point. Donovan Mitchell, I think his price has come down a little bit as well since last game, too. So, or no, it's it's basically in the same spot. Oh, and I, I do need to give Greg credit. Uh, I struggled. I, I couldn't get my mouth to say Krejci for a while, and Greg helped me out on that one. So Yeah, look, it happens. It, it made fun of him for SGA, but he did help me with Krejci. Um, I think, though, it's also less – I think it's less egregious if it's with names of players that aren't talked about often. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and also, um, like I know I did it in a in one of my tournament plays videos. Whenever I talk about Pokashevsky, I just say Pokashevsky. And so then I'm doing a tournament plays video and went to use his first and last name, and I know his first name's Alexi, but it's spelled weird. And so when I just like go to read it, I just like short circuited and just like couldn't say it. It makes I sense. Just never call him by his first name. Makes sense. Like if you don't know how to say. Uh, Vladko Chanchar, it's like, okay, right. you didn't know that it, it's a CHCH. All right, right that's right. fine. Right. Who was the other guy on the Nuggets? I think he's still on the Nuggets that has the most absurd. Uh, I, I'll find him. You'll know exactly who I'm talking. Uh, maybe he's not on the Nuggets anymore. He probably isn't. I mean, Kalidakis was a tough one. Yeah. When this he was, just like came out of nowhere to be on the Bucks briefly at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I can't remember who it is, but it's unimportant. Talk to me about the jazz here. 
Yeah, I mean, just pretty good pricing on this team. Um, Donovan Mitchell to 8,400, Gobert at 7,600. Both of those stand out. Uh, Mitchell, 41% usage in the first game, 37 in game two, 40-plus minutes. Uh, Gobert has played like 36 and 37 minutes. So they both look really good. Then I think it's a step back to Bogdanovich, to, um, to Mike Conley. They're both still reasonably priced, though. You know, you're getting a ton of minutes from Bogdanovich. He's played 40 minutes apiece uh, in the first two games, like a 27% usage rate, I think, in game one, 24, almost 25% in game two. Conley dealt with an injury last game. Then he came back, still ended up only playing 20 minutes, but uh, played into the mid-30s in game one. I'd expect him to get low to mid-30s here, assuming this game's competitive. So I think that uh, Mitchell and Gobert look the best, but also, of course, they're a little bit more expensive. There's just going to be more alternatives in their price range Bogdanovich and Conley look good as mid-range plays and then if you get to some 4k Royce O'Neal and just hope for the best you know I think that's fine but you're obviously never going to be excited about it uh by the way I was thinking of, of the the Warriors uh Geach. oh yeah I, if that you look at that there's no way you're getting that right how do you pronounce Smilagich? Yeah, Smiley, I think, yeah, I think it was Smiley each Yeah, it was, I don't remember, but yeah. It so was. difficult. I could never get that right. I Every time, if like late in the season when he was actually getting minutes, I would have to look it up before saying his name every single time. That was like the, the most difficult one for me by far. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this game up. Any other thoughts uh, on Dallas or Utah before we go to Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets? Uh, no, I think that's it. Steven, yeah, people butcher my last name all the time oh yeah all the too. time yours too yeah i butchered yours for like two years you didn't i mean you just got it wrong but like i, I didn't mean, butcher people, it i said char char instead of share yeah yeah but um still. yeah i mean like people like growing up like you know telemarketers whatever would call the house like asking for schaefer like i don't know where the f but how does that from, even but, happen i mean right, that's but, it, it, but it's like it's not a one-time thing like it happens like People just read like the first three letters and the last two and decided Schaefer, I think. I guess for me, it's like Lofren, Lauren. Can't get anything right. Golden State, Denver Nuggets. Oh, uh, baseball. Matt Caesar's a good one. I just thought about it because it's it sort of start, like it starts the same as my last name, but it's like S. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a real good one. Yeah. But you learn it, and then you just remember it. Smile right. geech, I can't. Just look up how it's spelled. It's ridiculous. It looks like Smilagic yeah, or What is it, S-M-A-I-L-I-G-I-C or something? Yeah. Yeah, good luck. A-G-I-C. That's pretty good, though. You almost got that. All right. And his first name's Allen. Very simple. <laughs> Golden, State, Golden State Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry last game off the bench again. 23 minutes, 22 minutes in the first one. The, the thing here is it hasn't really mattered. Dude dropped 34 points on 12 of 7. He's 5 or 10 from 3 in 23 minutes. Not 34 fantasy points, 34 actual points. Jordan Poole continues to dominate in this series. They, If, if you were looking for the perfect way to work Stephen Curry back into the rotation, keep him fresh, keep him healthy, they couldn't have asked for better outcomes in these games, man. Yeah. And that's like, I talked about it before game two, you know, when, or I mean, not, not if, cause he obviously will at some point, but when is Curry going to move back to the starting lineup? Um, my assumption is kind of that as long as they're just 
steamrolling Denver. They're going to kind of just keep him in this role and kind of let him, you know, get back into the swing of things and kind of rest up through this round because Poole's playing good enough that, you know, they don't need to replace him right away in the starting lineup. Um, You can have a fresher Curry in round two. You know, obviously at any point they could just say, okay, like Curry's good to go. He's back in the starting lineup. But I kind of assume that at least until they lose the game, they're going to just kind of keep him in this role. And it makes it really tough for for DFS because the ceiling is still there. You know, he, he, like you said, he dropped, what, 34 points in 22, 23 minutes last game. If that game had been competitive, he was probably going to get to 27 or 28. So there's still the like he can still get really hot and, and um, put up a good game, but it's just at 8,900, it's still really difficult to, um, to, to count on that. Thompson at 6,900, I think is a little bit easier to get to um, 36 minutes last game, 24% usage rate would have probably gotten to around 40 minutes had that game been competitive. So I do like that price tag a bit pool at 8,100, I think is tough to get to, but you know, again, the ceiling certainly there. We've just seen him going absolutely nuts so far uh, in this series. Draymond and Wiggins, both I think reasonably priced. Um, so I think in terms of the easiest guys to get to, it's Thompson, Draymond and Wiggins. They don't look great at their salaries, but I think that the salaries are pretty much correct. Whereas Poole and Curry, you get massive ceilings still and should get relatively low ownership. But I think it's fair to say that they're also a little bit overpriced in terms of their median projection. Josh, uh, Josh Gillum said Bielitsa is, a, is another good one. That's a yeah. great one. That's yep. very difficult for people that don't know. But you know what the toughest ones are sometimes? Like the, the ones that you just wouldn't think, like Zubats. Yeah. Ivica Zubats, because the first name can get you too. Yeah, that's a good one. Ivica Zubak. All right. Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, this is it, man. You got to get a win here. They're not winning this series. They have, they have no shot unless, unless you see a reemergence of, of, of Michael Porter and more specifically Jamal Murray, but it wouldn't matter because he hasn't played all season and he wouldn't, he's not expected to be back anyway. Uh, Jokic is just going to have to dominate today. And that's really the only argument for it, Adam, is they have nobody else. And if they want to win this game, Jokic is going to have to go nuts or they're just going to get one of these complete outlier games from like Aaron Gordon or Will Barton, but there's nothing else. Yeah. You know, Jokic from a fantasy standpoint, obviously looks great. He projects as the top scorer on the slate by a pretty wide margin. Uh, the issue is just that, you know, we're on the last team of the slate right now and we haven't talked about a single value guy that we truly like. Um, so it makes it difficult to get there, but you know, also just, projects so much better than everybody else so uh, if you can get there obviously you're gonna be happy about it the rest of these guys i want to like will barton 5800 but michael malone went right back to just running a 10-man rotation last game where barton didn't play with the second unit um barton in the second half of game one got minutes with the second unit those are really good for him like to be out there when Jokic isn't but if malone for whatever reason is just going to refuse to adjust and refuse to not play a five-man bench unit whenever Jokic isn't on the floor then you're just getting all of Barton's minutes with Jokic. You're getting all of Gordon's minutes with Jokic. And while they certainly still can outperform a $5,800 price tag or a $5,600 price tag, it makes it a lot more difficult than if Malone just did what almost any other NBA coach would do and made sure that he had at least one of these guys out there whenever Jokic isn't so that they're not playing, you know, five G leaguers at the same time. (laughs) I, I guess when you look at it now, are there just to recap are there any denver options that are cheap if you were to if you were to look at these guys and and maybe get into a little prioritization here 
of among the sub 5k options from Monty Morris to Jeff Green to Bones Highland, who makes the most sense? And are you willing to play two of them together, given that, as you mentioned, there isn't any value elsewhere that we can feel good about? I think Morris, I mean, of the sub 5k guys, Morris at 4,700 would be the one that I'm most confident in just because I can feel the best about his minutes. Um, $4,100 Highland, like you can imagine maybe some instance where he gets hot off the bench and he ends up being in the closing lineup. So I definitely think that's, we've seen it before where Bones Highland actually emerges as the guy that has the hot hand that night and, 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 he's allowed to play and they keep keep him out there Malone right like when you look at the bench unit I mean Demarcus Cousins obviously is going to perform when he's out there but he's not playing any minutes alongside Jokic so um you kind of have to ignore him but when you talk about like Austin Rivers Jermichael Green Bryn Forbes Bones Highland if one of those guys like single-handedly wins a game for Denver it's almost definitely going to be Bones Highland and so He's he's one where like from a median projection standpoint, he doesn't look that good because you can't really give him more than like, you know, 18 minutes or so. But he does have volatility there because you do have that final closing spot, the Jeff Green spot, where it could be green, it could be Highland, it could be Forbes, it could be Rivers, kind of depending on how guys are playing. So um I, I am kind of interested in Highland and tournaments for that reason, but still as you know, pretty low probability play. And then Jeff Green at thirty three hundred, just because he is likely to at least give you twenty two to twenty four minutes. He's not a good point per minute guy, but that is a really, really cheap price tag. So the awesome uh plus basketball we still have it up here as awesome plus nba but i mean there's just so many ways to do it you have basketball but if you go to awesome.com slash join or jordan i'm sure it's in the link too down below you can do whatever you want baseball basketball usfl is back uh we got a lot of football content coming up pga mma nascar esports everything if there's contests out there we got content for it for all of these sites the boom bust tool, the top stacks tool, the, the ownership tool, lineup builder, uh, top pitchers tool for baseball. We got some incredible baseball tools and we have these for everything. All of the sports I just mentioned. So if you wanted to do a, a week or a month of one sport or all of the sports or making a legitimate investment and do a year out of it, go to awesome.com slash We have something for, for anybody, all these tools built and used by awesome. himself, you know, him as uh, awesome. Alex Baker, however you want to put it. Uh, and help help managed by you know guys like Sean Zahn and 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 Steve Buzzard, the Colts, just an incredible team behind the scenes. And you have the premium Discord with office hours where you got the pros answering your questions each day, helping you better your game. So whether you want to do an express pass for less than five bucks, you want to do a month, a week, a year of one or many sports, doesn't matter. We got you covered no matter what your budget or style of play is. And the best bets Discord. If you're getting into that sports betting game, you should be. It's a lot of fun. You got the best bets Discord. It's the best time to check it out. If you look in the description below, you'll see our team of experts using uh, our industry-leading projection models to identify the best bets in the NBA, MLB, and a whole lot more. You got Ben Rossi. You got Awesomeo. You got Steve uh, Buzzard. All of them. Check that out and follow us at Awesomeo Best Bets. Turn on the notifications because we throw out one free bet, which is normally a premium bet per day. All right, Adam, here's how we'll close this out. Among the three teams, six teams, three games we talked about. If you were building a lineup right now, do you have anything in mind as to how you're going to jam in some of these top tier players? What is the recipe, at least early on today, assuming that Luca plays? 
I think it's tough because like, of course I really would like to get to Jokic, but I think it also just gives you some kind of ugly lineups. I think right now there's a pretty good chance I end up going a little bit more balanced using, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, um, as opposed to jamming in a bunch of Vanderbilt slash Tillman slash Jeff Green to try and get to Jokic. But um, I, I don't feel super confident about that because obviously Jokic is just so good that um, it's not going to be a comfortable spot if you don't get there. Follow Adam at ship my money. DFS me at Lafay underscore D shout out to your boy, Jordan Klein, as always for producing this one. And don't go anywhere yet. Stick around in less than 15 minutes. It's the MLB strategy show. Oh no. You know what? We're doing live before lock, right? At 12 at noon. Yeah, one o'clock game. Okay. So live before lock at 12 to one. That's Greg Ehrenberg and Eric Linkwist. Then you got the MMA strategy show at 1.30 with Jason Floyd and Pete the Heat Rogers. And then the NBA deeper dive, NBA Live Before Lock. Got it all for you today. Appreciate you guys hanging out as always. Hit that thumbs up on your way out. Only I, I have a question a for you before uh, we leave. Yeah, one second. Uh, you have what? A question for you. All right, let me hit this super chat and then ask your question. Okay. All right, Ghetto Farmer Boy. With the free super chat, iced up. Love to see it. Turn 500 to 8K. Uh, sign up. What's YOY mean? Year, year over year. Oh, okay. It's like Y. Oh, oh, gotcha. Sign up. Thanks, guys. Oh, that's awesome. Congrats, man. What's your question? What would you put the odds on? J Josh said that he honestly has no idea. What do you think the chances are, or what are the odds that I know how to pronounce the last name of the Duke coach that just retired. Um, I'd say, so the odds that you do know how, so what's the yes on that? Yeah. I'd say even money. Really? Yeah. You think there's like a 50% chance that I don't know how to say Krzyzewski? Why did Josh think he didn't know how to? Well, he he put um he put in chat that like that Shashevsky's a good one. And I replied and said, Why is Kruzuski so hard to say? And he was like, Are you being serious? And I said, What do you think? And he said, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. And well, I was like, yeah, I was honestly hold on, insulted. Hold on a second though. Hold on a second. I, I wasn't sure if you were trying to pull something I do to where it's like you really had no idea. No, no. I was just like offended that Josh like thought there were, it was 50-50 that I didn't know how to pronounce Krzyzewski. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good one, though. It is a good one. But, yeah, you, you generally are pretty good at pronouncing things correctly. So I should have known. I just didn't know if you really paid attention to any of that shit. I mean, I don't, but well, yeah. So like if I followed college basketball to the extent that I do now for like my whole life, I may or may not know how to say it. I probably still would have heard it enough, but like growing up, he was still Duke's coach. And that is very true. That is very true. Except nobody calls him that. So maybe some people just don't. Right. Know. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Uh, oh, I saw, uh, I'll have to send that to Josh, uh, but anyway, we'll see you guys back here soon. A lot of stuff coming up throughout the day. Peace.